This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Hey, TV Club, it is so good to be back uh, with another episode this week. Uh, this is a really exciting one. I have Nathan Fode on the episode, uh, who you might know from Our Flag Means Death, right? Uh, one of my favorite shows that premiered. They're shooting season two right now, which just came out. So, you know, there, there was a lot Nathan couldn't share with us. It, it's under wraps, but they, they are filming season two right now. I can't wait to see it. Uh, but Nathan's going to share some you know, behind the scenes stuff about how he got cast, uh, what it was like going from a, a TV writer to one of the best characters in, in one of the mo- best recent comedies that we've had. Uh, so it's going to be a good time. Uh, and I know, so I was just at Comic-Con. Okay, so New York Comic-Con. And they had an entire panel just dedicated to Our Flag Means Death because the fans, we are intense. Like we love our, there's just, we just ship everyone. We want everyone on the show to date and fall in love. So I know you all want to hear from Nathan, but before we get to that, uh, I'm going to share just, you know, some of the things I got to watch at Comic-Con. I think you want to hear about it, right? Uh, I was there to moderate for the Good Omens panel. Good Omens, it came out in like 2019, the first season. Absolutely amazing. I've loved that book for a really long time. Watching the show, it was everything I wanted it to be. I mean, come on, look at that cast. It was going to be perfect. If you haven't watched it, it's on Prime Video. Uh, But we're getting a second season, which is surprising because, you know, there's no sequel to the book and the first season covered the book. So this is really interesting because basically we're going to get the second, you know, sequel book that we probably would have gotten if if Terry hadn't passed away. So that's exciting. And it's really great. I got to moderate the panel. Uh, and and everyone at Comic-Con, we got to watch a special scene from the second season. I'm not going to lie to you. It was amazing. Uh, Michael Sheen, David Tennant, it just felt good to see them back on the screen. But, you know, I, I can't I can't really tell you more about what happens. I will give you this inside scoop. Uh, a lot of actors who were in the first season will be back in the second season, but playing completely different characters. So, hey, it'll be out next summer. <laughs> Uh, we we still have a ways to go. So, you know, but next summer, 2023, I'm I'm already excited. Uh, what else was cool at Comic-Con? Uh, the Peripheral, this other Prime Video show that's coming out. Got to check that one out. Really excited again because it, it features uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, who I just think, you know, I've always I've just been waiting for her to do something kind of different. Cool. I think a little sci fi thing could be pretty nice. You know, a little sci fi for her. I'm interested to see where it goes. Also, we got some info on the new season of Doom Patrol. It's out in December. I love Doom Patrol. You know, th- th- those were like the biggest nerdy things that I was excited about. <laughs> you know, uh, there was also a really cool Yellow Jackets party uh, that was, you know, like the Doom coming that they do in the show. That was just incredibly well done. 
so it, it was great, you know, hanging out with with the the real fans, the real nerds. It, it felt good. It felt good. It was also just very overwhelming. I I missed probably eighty percent of the things there because it was it was just too overwhelming. So you know, but don't worry because I still caught up on all my TV. So. Don't worry, I didn't. I didn't fall behind. I didn't let Comic Con slow me down. Uh, you know, so, so some of the stuff I was doing this week, I was watching Los Spookies, which has been back for a while now. Haven't been talking about it much, but it is so good this season. It's still as wild as ever and just out there. Uh, I think you're gonna want to check that out because it's spooky season. So why not watch Los Spookies? Okay, we're we're getting into October over here. You know, that's another reason Nathan's on the show, because personally, I think Our Flag Means Death is probably the best Halloween show. It's like it has that Halloween feeling. It also, I think, is going to be really good for costumes. I think I could be Blackbeard and that would probably be hot. I'm going to think about that. Anyway, uh, watch Los of Spookies because it's that time of year. Uh, let's get into House of the Dragon because it, it, I think everyone has been saying, oh, wow, it's it's really getting into the the Game of Thrones rhythm. It just, that just means there's more death and incest. There is. Uh, you know, I I don't have sympathy for anyone. Uh, I have decided I like Eyepatch Guy because he can fight and he he scares me. So, you know, I'm going to be into him as an, the adult guy. He looks like a cartoon character. We're doing these time jumps and in this one, Viserys, he's like the Crypt Keeper all of a sudden. He doesn't even have a face on half his face. So I, I don't know what they're doing over there, but I am I am into it. I can't say I'm not. We're all just going to be in love with the dragon show forever, aren't we? Uh, Game of Thrones. It's, it's, it's a tough addiction to quit. Uh, after that, there is the Kevin Can Fuck Himself finale. Uh, which will be out for everyone next weekend. But if you are an AMC Plus subscriber, it's already available to you. Uh, I loved this finale. I'm not going to give anything away. I know no spoilers on TV Club, but I thought it tied the story up really well. We knew this was going to be the final season. It did feel a little obvious, but at the same time, it, it made sense. Like for this sitcom show, this was a thing that was a kind of perfect sitcom real life ending. Uh, so I loved that, you know, and we got the moment we were all waiting for with Kevin. So you got to be happy about it. Uh, and then finally, I just want to, I want to admit to you listener that I, I just watched the entire first season of this show, Extreme Sisters on Discovery Plus. And, you know, like, like Smothered and my husband is a mother's boy. Uh, it's about sisters who are way too close I, I don't know why I watched the whole thing. Basically, the Discovery Plus app just kept playing it. And then finally, I was five episodes in and I'm like, why are these sisters dating the same guy and trying to get pregnant at the same time? And it's a weird show if you're into Smothered. And I know some of you are because we're covering it on TV Club. You might want to check out Extreme Sisters. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll be talking about it on, on the Patreon, too. So it's a good time, I guess, if you're into some weird reality TV, if you are tired of all of the, the prestige television that I've been recommending to you, uh, then get into this. Uh, so that, you know, that's my watch list for the week. It, it, again, a lot of exciting things coming out of Comic-Con. Uh, but mostly, I'm really excited to to share Nathan with you guys. This conversation was so fun. His character, Lucius, I think is the one people ship the most. I know that he personally is my heart. Um, I'm in love with him. So, hey, maybe I should be Lucius for Halloween. That could be fun. 
So I'm really excited to have Nathan on the show to share some, you know, some pretty interesting scoops on Our Flag Means Death. Uh, like I said, they just started filming season two. So, you know, maybe maybe they'll give us something to ship about, something to be excited about. Uh, but, you know, stick around. Tune in. Hello, TV, I say my guest today is Nathan Fode, who plays Lucius on Our Flag Means Death, my favorite show of the last year. It's it's amazing. Your character, though, my favorite character. Like, oh my God, that's so I, nice, Ashley. My God. I was like, Lucius, when I saw the character, the song I Would Die For You by the Red Hot Chili Peppers started playing in my head. <laughs> I was like, I'm in love with this character. I need him to survive. Mm. I need him to be okay. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. That's such a nice thing to say. I'm very... I remember seeing your tweet, actually, about my, a friend of mine was like, fan. she directed me to the tweet because she was very excited that you were watching the show. So she was like, "You, oh my God, Ashley Ray's watching Our Flag. And I just, I thought that was the coolest thing. It is so good. I really, I went into it knowing nothing. I was kind of just like, okay, pirate show, let's just go. And then it's so gay. (laughs) I had no clue it was going to be so gay. It just really breaks down ideas of masculinity. Mm -hmm. And then it's just hilarious. What's it been like being on the show? What's the reception been like? I mean, it's been amazing. It's so funny, actually, because my experience of being on the show is almost the same as a lot of the audiences. Like, when I got cast in the show, I was like oh, I'm going to do, like, a dumb pirate comedy, like, which I was thrilled with. I was like, oh, how fun, you know? It's like a kind of... Because the way it was sort of sold to us when we auditioned was, like, it's kind of like The Office on a pirate ship. And I was like, oh, cute, I can do that. And then when we turned up, like, as we got more and more scripts, I was like, oh, this is something very different. And and to be fair, it wasn't even until I really saw the show that I was like, oh, that's what this is, you know? And it kind of, like it is kind of like a love story in a lot of ways and it is oh, so yeah. queer because I was kind of prepared, you know, when you're like a gay actor or whatever, I was prepared to be the queer element of the show. I was prepared to like carry that whole thing and then and then with like Vico's involvement and the, and the love story between the two lead characters, I was like, oh, this is like, you know, it's so amazing. It was so special to watch the show and be like, oh, wow, this is more than just like a kind of a, a wacky comedy. Yeah, just you know? wacky pirate comedy. Mm-hmm. You were a TV writer mm. and somehow got cast on the show. Mm-hmm. How did that process happen? Oh. Did... <laughs> I mean, it's such a good question. Because I don't know, as wild. a TV writer, I'm always, when people want me to do things in front of a camera, I'm like, well, no, that's Do you not have my... any interest in performing? No. I, like, not some... I do stand a lot of, up. I do stand up and I do voice acting, so people always assume, oh, you want to act, Right. And it's like, I can be me, but acting like other people, like I have to get, it takes me three days to be like, (laughs) okay, like to reconnect to my high school theater lessons. And then I'm like, okay, I can do this again. (laughs) Well, I mean, to be fair, it's not like I'm doing some massively transformative performance. I pretty much play myself in the show. Like, yeah, it was the weirdest thing. So I went to drama school when I was 18. I trained as an actor and like hated it and had like a horrible time and just really didn't gel with the training. So I left. And was like, oh, I'm I'm not acting anymore. That makes me miserable. And I already kind of I'd made the decision at drama school. I knew I wanted to be a writer. I always wanted to be a writer. It was kind of like I just went to drama school because it seemed like the impressive thing to do when yeah. I was 18. And I got in and I got a scholarship. So I was like, well, I have to go. And then 
I worked as like a TV writer and things took off in that way quite quickly. Like I got like a literary agent really young and it was all going really well. And I was like earning a living as a TV writer. And then I started making these like character comedy videos on like Instagram for my friends. I had like no followers. And then I threw one on Twitter one day. I didn't even think about it. And it kind of went sort of semi-viral. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And suddenly I had all of these like quite, you know, I had a lot of like actors and directors and stuff like retweeting and it just like it all kind of snowballed and then I kind of just carried on making them and it became a weird thing because I so wasn't doing it to like get discovered do you know what I mean yeah it's you obviously I pop off on Twitter mm -hmm. like you know a lot of people find me that way and it's like you never know what's gonna go viral it never makes sense it never makes sense you can never predict it and then when you do something you think like oh people are gonna love this and then it completely flops yeah it just completely (laughs) flops and you're like okay okay, maybe it was the the algorithm is keeping me down (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, exactly exactly Tyker followed me on Twitter one day and he retweeted one of my videos and it kind of it was on the day he retweeted it it was kind of like this wild thing he retweeted it on the day of the Oscars on the day that he won his Oscar for Jojo Rabbit and he like I I was some dumb video I made about like as if I was an extra in that movie 1917 it's so stupid and um and he retweeted it and said something very kind about like, oh, today's the Oscars and this is the only thing that's getting me excited. So obviously it went yeah, like huge. The huge. video was wild and he DM'd me and it was like this crazy thing. And I didn't think that much of it. I was like, that's just a cool thing that Tiger yeah, yeah, me. Yeah, uh... I think maybe had I been like trying to be a jobbing actor, I would have suddenly been like, oh shit, all these eyeballs are on me now. Like big directors are following me. But because it wasn't even in the forefront of my mind, I was like, oh, that's just fun. What a cool yeah. thing. And then... Like, into the first lockdown, into the, like, first stage of the pandemic, I... I actually heard about Our Flag because a friend of mine had auditioned for it, like a friend back in the UK. She was like, oh, I'm auditioning for this Taika Waititi show. And she joked. She was like, shouldn't you be auditioning for it? Like, he knows who you are. And I was Your like, buddies. I was like, I'm not an actor, babe. Like, it's fine. And then I I got a tape for it. Like, but I didn't even have acting agents or anything. I just had writing agents. And they kind of emailed me and they were like, they want you to audition for this show. And I was like, okay, fine. Um, and I auditioned for it. Um, and I, I mean, I've truly, I said this the other day, but I've never looked worse in my entire life. It was like peak lockdown. I was like just drinking like a bottle of wine every night. Just like look trash. And um, and I, I got I mean, that's, it. That's a good look for a pirate though. I mean, truly. Come yeah, on. yeah, exactly. And then and then I had like six months in between getting the show and filming it. And I was like, okay, I need to look cute. So I think I turned up on set like I lost a bunch of weight or whatever. And I think they were like, oh, oh that's not what we hired. <laughs> but it was fine. Um, so yeah, it was a very, that's a very long-winded way of saying it was like, I've had a very strange route into acting, you know? Yeah, but I, I admire that because I'm, I feel like my path is the same where it just was weird and TV writing, but then I was on the internet and I yeah. don't know, and then it all just kind of happened. The power of the internet is like wild. I mean, you must you must get opportunities through the internet all yeah, the time, Yeah, right? I mean, it's, it's so weird when you're just tweeting about some show and then they follow you and you're like, oh, we'd love for you to write on this. We'd love for you to work on it. And it's just... Oh, okay. Oh, like, so cool. I mean, it's the coolest thing in the world. It's like, you know, I, I can shit on social media and shit on yeah, Twitter and stuff. I, you know? I also have my complaints. Yeah, uh, right. But then you are, then I do, I am like, well, it undeniably like changed my life. Yeah. I can't pretend it did And it gets so. my work in front of people in a way that nothing else really does. Yeah, so, yeah totally. Yeah. And like eliminates like the gatekeepers and stuff. It's like, it's very it's, cool. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Lucius as a character is so just emotional, sensitive. How did you put the character together? What did you want to bring to this character? That's such a nice thing to say. I 
What did I want? Well, I knew I wanted to go. I, I knew kind of ostensibly I'd been hired as like funny gay sidekick. I knew that. I was like, okay, I've got to go in and give like comedy. And like Lucius is often like giving uh-huh. the jokes in the city. Do you know what I mean? Especially because like yeah. I'm so, they wanted me to bring a lot of myself to the character. They wanted me to kind of like mold it after me and so I went in and gave I'm so like goofy and physical and whatever so I was like okay I'll bring a lot of that but I knew I wanted him to be more than just like a sassy sidekick you know I wanted to give him like real depth and that's totally in the writing as well like it was such a gift particularly as the season goes on he kind of like you kind of peel back these layers and you find out you know more about him and he's kind of like he's not just this kind of like bumbling funny guy he's also got like a manipulative side and a a romantic side and like so that was like totally a testament to how good the scripts are and so yeah I just knew I wanted him to feel like layered and nuanced and and I was very aware as well that Lucius is also kind of in a lot of ways like the audience's eyes in the show yeah. you know because it's all like all of these like kind of like goofballs and idiots or whatever and then Lucius is kind of in the middle rolling his eyes you know which is yeah. so fun as like, the only person who can like read and write yeah exactly <laughs> the only person with like an ounce of common sense I mean Samson's cat Olu is 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 the same and we bonded a lot over that because we yeah. were like oh we're kind of like we're kind of the only two characters on the ship with an ounce of common sense you yeah. know so I knew I had to bring that it was it, I mean it was so much fun and they were very like the the show as a whole they were very good at letting us kind of like build the characters ourselves they weren't like super prescriptive on like no it has to be like this they let let it be like a really like organic process which was cool yeah and this was your first time acting on a tv set Mm -hmm. uh there's such a wonderful ensemble energy with everyone on the show how did you find that energy were you nervous you know and a lot of these people are not new <laughs> to, oh, to being yeah. on a TV show. Yeah, maybe. Uh, what was that like? Uh, it was scary. It was really scary. I, I, I was terrified. I mean, I, I talk about it quite openly. Like, I have very little memory of the first couple of episodes because I was just like blacked out with stress the entire time. Like, it was so full on, and and you're having to like hold. I'm the youngest cast member as well, and like, and you you're oh. holding your own against these like heavyweights. You know, like Reese and Tyker, and also like the like you know Nat Faxon and fucking Leslie Jones and Fred Harmison like it it was like it felt like I was living I always say it felt like genuinely felt like I was living someone else's life I was like what is uh, how has this happened it was so disorientating and dizzying um and then it was it was about sort of like a a third maybe like halfway through the season that I feel like I just like clicked into it and I could like breathe and relax and have fun yeah um so yeah it was pretty intimidating but that ensemble they did a very good job of like I mean it's just a really nice cool group of people so it was quite easy to just like be friends quite quickly particularly because we were shooting during the pandemic so none of us could have like visitors and stuff like I couldn't fly over my boyfriend like you know people couldn't fly over their husbands and wives and stuff so it was which kind of facilitated quite like an intense bond between us all because we were so lonely it seems like a cast I would just want to party with honestly yeah they're fun and there was a lot of that we had like a but like I'm obsessed I went last night to this bar I'm obsessed with it it's like in Burbank it's called Foreman's Whiskey Tavern it's like just out like because we filmed at the Warner Brothers lot and that became our like cheers bar and we were there like constantly and I like after every day of shooting so I was like well I'm just going back to my like sad Airbnb so I was like 
can we yeah. go get a drink, please? I'm so bored. Um, so yeah, we we hung out a lot. There was a lot of drinks. There was a lot of partying. It was very fun. And did you and Reese spend a lot of one-on-one time together, like finding that balance between your two characters? I feel like obviously they're very close. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They had us do that early on. They really wanted us, particularly because at the beginning of the season, like um, Steed and Lucia spend a lot of time together. So they really wanted us to have that kind of like funny. And, they, and, and I think they wanted to really get into the nitty gritty of like how Lucius feels about Steed at the beginning of the season. And so, yeah, we, we would, we did like silly bonding exercises and stuff. And the cast all got to get like, we, they made us, we did like a day of sailing training on like an actual ship. They like sent us on a ship, which was like wild. And we did a day of like combat training and stuff, which is, I remember, I mean, that was terrifying. I remember being like, oh shit, they're not actually gonna make me do this in the ship. Cause I was so, I was like cosmically yeah, bad at it. Like, you were like, was, not my character. Oh please. my God. I know. I know. So it was so funny. Like every time there would be like a scene where there was like chaos happening and they'd be like, so just find stuff to do in the background. I'd be like, so I think I'd always like make it about the character. I'd be like, well, Lucius would definitely be like hiding in a yeah. corner, like <laughs> yeah. maybe under a blanket. I was like, I don't really want to do any of the like, because I'm just so bad at stuff. Like, it's not my skill set. Whereas some of the people in the cast are so good at shit. Like oh that, yeah, like uh, Nat, like you said. Oh my god, he's so good. Like he, there's the bit, there's the scene where he had to like fling himself over the side of the ship, and I was like, you're gonna get a double for that, right? And he was like, nope. And, like yeah. he just did it over and over again. And I was like, I would never. never. Like, I'm such a chicken, you know. <laughs> but no, it's not fun. Uh, so do you like have the acting bug now or you do you want to go back to writing are you looking at that next role Uh, I know you just created Newark Newark Mm. which uh, aired on British TV it did I could not find it no I'm I'm working on it I'm working on it we're trying to get it over here but yeah so I have a show that I show run in the UK and Newark Newark is the thing that I feel the most like proud of because like that show has been in I mean you know as TV writer like it's been in development for just so long and it just and, and it was in development with a different network and then that the network dropped it and then it got picked up by another. So it was just like so many stages. Um, and I was, I kind of made my peace with the fact that it was dead, you know? And, yeah. then, and then it happened and it was like the best thing that's ever happened to me. And it was, we shot it like basically right after I came back from doing Our Flag and it was so cool and fun. What do I want to, I mean, I do have the acting bug in a sense. It's like, it's fun. I like doing it. My, my primary focus will always be writing. I always say I'm like, I'm like a disproportionately confident TV writer. Like I have almost like no imposter syndrome as a TV writer yeah. <laughs> whereas every time I step on a set as an actor I'm like oh god oh god like it terrifies <laughs> me so I I, I want to I, I like writing for myself I've got stuff in development in the UK like vehicles that I would lead and stuff um so I guess we'll just see. Yeah. And what kind of stories are you excited to tell? Um I'm really excited. You know what? Particularly after doing New at Newark, which is like it's kind of like part coming of age story, part family sitcom. It's That's quite, where you're from, right? Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, I'm from a town called Newark in the UK, which is in like Nottinghamshire, like in the Midlands. Um, and it's a very like specific working class town. Um, and so I wrote this like family sitcom and it's kind of like, it has like edge to it and everything, but it's quite like sweet. And um, and I'm looking, I, I think if you're like a, particularly because people are so obsessed with class in the UK, like if you're a working class writer, I think they, there's a lot of emphasis put on you writing like sweet, heartwarming stories about like people just doing their best, you know? And I just like, I think my sense of humour is actually a lot more cutting and mean than people necessarily (laughs) think it is. Do you know what I mean? And I find myself falling foul of that as well on like Twitter sometimes if I make a kind of like spiky joke on Twitter because our flag fans are so sweet and lovely and earnest and they don't like it. Like a lot of the time, so I'm just, I tweet less now because I'm like, oh, I've got to be careful. Um, They are such a sweet like fandom. (sighs) I mean, they they paint portraits. They like write fan fiction. Mm. It's, It's really beautiful. It was very, very special, but I'm definitely looking 
forward to like I'm really enjoying developing work that has a bit more of like a sort of bent perspective something a bit sharper and a bit like yeah. something that has like teeth and claws you know because I feel like I've, I'm, I'm missing that side of like my artistic expression oh god what a duck I just said that <laughs> sentence <laughs> <laughs> it's my, it's my artistic oh, expression <laughs> MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I also am a very confident TV writer. Mm. I feel like I'm just, you know, I know it. I know how TV works. Yeah. Uh, because I watch a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. Did you grow up watching a ton of TV? Was it? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like always, and it was always TV over movies. Like I, Same. I love movies. Don't get me wrong. But They're like, great. Whatever. I've, <laughs> I've always been obsessed with TV, and it's like, and I think I don't know if you get this, but like I think often as a TV writer, you sometimes you sometimes get talked to as if you're just like, like. As if you're in waiting to go into movies. movies. People are like, eventually you'll write a film. And, yeah, line, and eventually you know? you're going to work on a feature. You want to be a feature. And it's like, oh, I love TV. I love TV. Like, I specifically love TV. I love the, this medium. Yeah. I want to create a TV show. I want to show run a TV show. Yeah. I want to create TV shows. Totally. And like, and I, I just grew up obsessed with TV. Um, I really, I also particularly, like, I love American comedy as well. Like, it, that was a huge influence for me. Like, American sitcoms. And like, so yeah, I've just always been obsessed with TV as a medium. And I just like... Can't, I mean, maybe I'll eat my words in a few years and I'll write a feature or whatever, but like, I, I just feel like I really understand TV, particularly half hour comedy. I just really get it and like, and it just feels like the best use of my skills. Do you feel the same? Yeah, I feel like it's, it's just what I get. I understand sort of the ability to tell a story over seasons mm-hmm. and over multiple episodes. You know, I, when I write, I think in terms of like cliffhangers. Same. <laughs> and same. like commercial breaks. Yeah. And I, I've written features. I love movies. Mm-hmm. But there's just something in what you can do on television that is so special. Yeah, right. It's like when I see, if I see a really amazing play, I'll walk away. You know, when you do that thing where you're like, fuck, maybe I should write a play. Yeah. <laughs> and then whenever I sit down and try and do it, it just, it, it's just like a TV script. <laughs> I'm like, this is just TV on stage. It just turns like, into a TV thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then I'm immediately like, this would work better as a TV show. You yeah. know, like, so I just, I, I can't really escape that. I'm just such an, I'm just such a TV writer, you know? Yeah. What are your kind of, some of your favorite TV tropes. I'm curious. Like, I love a bottle episode. Oh, I love I, a bottle episode. Uh, I love, I, I I mean, this is such an obvious thing to say, but I love, like, a good, like, really 
unlikable, like sort of shitty anti-hero protagonist. I love it. We have, I'm really obsessed with Julia Davis in the UK. She did like Nighty Night and Sally Forever. She's like this amazing. I love Sally Forever. Oh God, isn't it exquisite? It's so good. It. I wanted more of it because mm-hmm. that ending is so it's like I think about that ending I'm haunted by it randomly yeah, <laughs> just yeah, like it's so her good. in the attic oh it's so good and I I really love like her sensibility like of, of really running head first into just that like like cartoonishly unlikable character I think that's so fun yeah like it's what I you know and I also love like Sharon Horgan like catastrophe and like I, I just think I, I, I'm a big fan of just that. And I'm developing something at the moment in the UK that's like, I want to, I, I really like the idea, particularly because like Lucius is like an incredibly sweet, likable character. Yeah. I'm really like feeling the pull to like he's just, pl- he's play something. He's, he's a sweet, sweet boy. boy. He's a sweet boy. He's a sweet little angel boy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just, I'm really feeling the call to play something um, with, that's a bit spikier, you know, because yeah. I, I love that as a TV trope, you know. Oh, the, that's my favorite. Mm. Like, I'm always just give me someone who I can hate and then slowly they're winning me over. Yeah, right. Like, it's ugh. how I feel about, I mean, I know this might not be the world's most popular opinion, but it's how I feel about Hannah Horvath and Girls. You know, oh, yeah. I'm a, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I am love that show. I and love like, Girls. And it's so good. And I just think that character is like, I think it's such an exquisitely drawn character, you know, and I love like how... You, everything is telling you that you shouldn't like this girl and you're like why am I rooting for yeah. her so, so passionately you know yeah and I, I think a lot of flack the show gets is because people don't realize you're supposed to hate Hannah <laughs> yeah yeah people are like oh those girls are so unlikable I'm like yeah, yeah then the show is doing, doing its job that's babe. what the show is about you're not supposed to want to be them <laughs> yeah you're not supposed to want to be them or be their friend like yeah, that's not what it's, it's for it's not condoning Hannah's actions at yeah. any point it's making fun of them most of the time. Yeah, totally. And you're hoping she'll change and she'll grow. And I think that's why, I I think Girls is one of those shows when people say they want to write TV, I say, go watch that. Yeah. Go read the scripts. It's really good character development. Oh my God, you're so right. Because by the, like slowly but surely, by the end of it, you're like, oh wow. Like it kind of, it really snuck up on me. I was like, oh, Hannah has like changed. Hannah's gone on. like Because for the longest time, it feels like she really does like reset at the end of every episode where you think she's learned a lesson and you're like, never mind. No, 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 she's back to being a nightmare. And then by the end of it, you're like, oh shit. Like it kind of, they. I I feel like they like trick you at the end. You're like, oh my God, she's really gone on a journey here. I think it's just like masterful. Uh, and with Shosh too, where oh. she, the whole time you're like, she's this annoying, immature, naive person. And then she's the one who grows up before everyone. Oh my God. It's so well done. I think that Marnie arc is just perfect. Oh yeah. Like, and that amazing bottle episode. It's based on Needles in Central Park. Yeah, the movie, yeah, yeah. I love that one when she runs into Charlie again. Oh, it, uh, I mean, it's just like, that is like... I mean, I could watch like a feature of that episode. Like yeah. it's so good. And Chris Abbott is so good in that episode. I mean, he's so good generally, but like, it's just, oh, it's exquisite TV writing. Yeah. Do you have any shows you recommend to people when they want to write TV? What, what are your recommendations? Oh, that's such a to, good question. To I mean, young people out there. Girls is a big one. If they want to write um, comedy, I mean, I, I recommend Community a lot because I think oh, it's yeah. such a well-written comedy. Um, I think, I mean, I love Parks and Rec. I'm a massive... I just think if you want to write, it depends on what people want to write, but if they want to write like a sort of like feel good, like high gag rate, like good jokes, half hour sitcom, I'll recommend those. Do you know what TV show, This maybe you'll ask this in a bit, but you know what TV show I watched recently that I am 
absolutely obsessed with it. And maybe it's because you recommended it on Twitter, <laughs> which I'm sure you hear five times a day. Oh. Um, but I, and it's so sad in light of recent events, but I just watched Bust Down. Oh, and yeah. I loved it i was like and that's one that i'll recommend to people i'm like if you want to watch something that is so itself like yeah. that's so like you can tell that that group of creatives were just allowed to make the exact show that they that wanted they were, to make yeah and they were so they were able to combine all their voices like mm-hmm. you can watch and you're like that's a jack line mm-hmm. you know that's a chris line and it just mm-hmm. flows so perfectly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i i'll recommend if uh, people bust down on peacock people oh god and out. peacock are really killing it at the They're moment killing it. Like, girls yeah. five ever oh, oh, love girls on. five ever it's i so good. i think it's one of the sharpest written sitcoms comedies out right now yeah i think it's up there with 30 rock mm. they get I, the jokes per page it's wild it's one of, i just re-watched the first season with my boyfriend because i was like you'll love this show because we were both big like kimmy schmidt fans and stuff and i was like watch this with me and I felt like I was watching it for the first time because there are so many jokes that you miss the first miss, time around. Yeah. Like, I just, I love it. So I, I often recommend, like, for comedy writers, I'm like, go and watch any Tina Fey show, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, um, and then and then in the UK, I mean, it's, it's obviously a much smaller pool to pick from, but, like... In recent years, like I, I mean, I was a big like I loved chewing gum. Oh, I, I mean, gum. great show. Um, I mean, there's, I mean, there's, there's so many to pick from. But yeah, that's like my probably my starter pack. You yeah, know? chewing gum I think is a great example. I I just love how she combines her like her real life and childhood with the most ridiculous like disgusting coming of age story yeah yeah yeah. it's it's wild it's like i think chewing gum it's another one that kind of like lures you in thinking it's going to be one thing and then you're like oh this show's fucking weird like it's like she she, like michaela cole has like a weird brilliant brain Brain, you know it's not just some like silly sitcom about a hapless girl it's like oh no this has such a specific perspective and it's so bizarre and i just i i really love her and then i mean obviously it's a very different thing but i may destroy you as like a masterpiece it's a masterpiece i if there if there's like a tv museum Mm. it it should have a wing dedicated to (laughs) it so true it's just it changed what tv could be yeah uh, and I think, I don't know, I feel like people have been kind of afraid to address how experimental it is and to give it, like, the credit it deserves. Yeah, it got, like, we, I was, like, I remember watching the show and I was, like, oh, she's going to sweep everything. everything. Like, she's yeah. going to be, like, the new queen of Hollywood. Like, what happened to Phoebe Waller-Bridge should happen, should to, happen Michaela to Michaela Cole. Cole. And then when it kind of didn't, like, she got some applause, but I was, like, no, we she should be the new girl. Yeah. Like, people should be hiring her to write, like, fucking Star Wars yes, or whatever. to write I mean? all this stuff and to yeah. do it and... Yeah, well, that's just the, that's, yeah. the, that's the industry. Right? That's the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but you are headed off to shoot season two of Our Flag Means Death soon. I cannot okay. reveal whether I am or not. Okay. okay, is there? You can't tell us anything. Either. No, I can't. I mean, I'm I'm very excited. I keep saying to people at the cover cons and stuff. I'm like, they're like, oh, I'm excited for season two. Like they try and get it out of me, and I'm yeah. like, I'm very excited to watch it as well. Um, Did you see how I tried to trick? I lured you in. With yeah, TV yeah. And then I'm just like, oh, some so gotcha but, journalism yeah, there. The, yeah, <laughs> and then you were just supposed to be like, oh yeah, I leave. You know, because you were so into the vibe. Fans <laughs> kept doing that in Chicago. They kept being like. They, I would, you know, I'd be saying goodbye to them and moving on to signing for the next person. So I was just kind of on autopilot and I'd be like, thank you so much for coming out. Nice to meet you. And they'd be like, have fun in New Zealand. And I'd be like, thanks. And then I'd be like, wait, no, what? No, I no, didn't no. Mean to say that. Like, um, So no, I, um, I, I can't specifically talk about my involvement in season two. I'm very excited for season two. I think the show will just continue to 
build and get better. And it's such a like what David Jenkins has done and the team of writers have created such like an expansive world. Like, you know, that it's so kind of elastic and and that show can go off in so many different directions because it's so kind of like epic in its proportions. So like, I'm very excited to see what they do next. Yeah. I really want to know about your just experience on set because mm. I feel like as an actor, there's so much just downtime where you're just sitting in trailers, being bored. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. There was plenty of that for yeah, sure. Do you, what do you do? Do you watch TV shows? Do you? Yeah, I would watch a lot of stuff on my phone. I would write as well because I was like, I was writing a lot of Newark, Newark, like concurrently with shooting Our Flag, which oh, wow. was which was a nice thing to, I mean, obviously, and then that feels great as well to like be on set for one thing and be writing another thing. Yeah. And, like, and it just means you, I mean, you definitely have have days where you're sitting around for six hours and you're like, oh, all I've done is look at my phone and like those days never feel great. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of just like, I mean, it was also just a lot of hanging out. The, the great thing about that huge cast is like, even if people weren't in or people were like tired and kind of didn't feel like talking, there was always someone you could just like have a conversation with. I also made really good friends with a lot of the crew as well. Like yeah. one of my like best friends from the show, I hung out with her last night. Like um, it, it, she's called Annie Woods and she worked in the costume department and she was at absolutely amazing and that entire costume department are so unsung I think because the costumes oh the costumes are amazing they're so good and like I mean, I, the reason I can tell that they're good is like, I watched the show back and I was like, oh, I don't hate the way I look. Do you know what I mean? Like they re- they're really good at like, they were yeah. very good at like dressing me for my body and the way I wanted to look, which was really cool. So it was just a lot of like hanging out, a lot of drinking LaCroix, a lot of like yeah. snacks. And and, I, and as I, I tried to like read and write as much as possible. So I just wasn't like on Twitter for eight hours a day. Yeah, know? absolutely. The Blackbeard costume, I really want to call out. Wow, I yeah, 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 loved yeah, yeah. it. It's, just- incredible the first time you see him uh, yeah 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 hold on I had to hold on (laughs) I remember saying I really remember like really early on we were shooting you know must have been yeah like episode three or something and I remember turning to Taika in between takes and I was like you know the gays are gonna love you and he was like oh will they like I was like you know exactly what you're doing yeah oh the gays are gonna love me the gays already love me is what he wanted to say yeah exactly the gays already love me like yeah he's he's so hot I mean I will say he um he hated like shooting out, like because we we mostly shot shot on that soundstage, but um we would occasionally go out and but like on the beach or like we went to the, what's that word for tree arboretum? Is that the thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to an arboretum in LA and like shot. Then on those days, he was like this fucking costume because he was so hot, like because oh, yeah. he was dressed like head to toe in leather, in leather yeah. and the beard and the wig. Like, I really got off lightly because like like Matt Mayer who plays Black Pete, he always says that our costumes were like pajamas and they were they were just like so loose and flowy. Yeah. But I always felt sorry for Taika and Con, who plays Izzy, because it's just so much leather. But they, I mean, they look sexy, so... Yeah, it was the right look. Yeah, it was worth it. It, it was worth it. Yeah. And it did it for me. It did yeah. it for the gays. Oh, yeah, it did it for me too, baby. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess since we can't get any info on season two... <laughs> no? No, you're not going to get me that easy. Okay, <laughs> okay, fine. Okay. Um... <laughs> Uh, but uh, is there anything you're hoping they go into in season two? Anything that you're kind of like, I've always, I'm curious about this character's background or, you know. Yeah, I would love them. I really love in the first season when they do, they kind of had their like orange is the new black moment with Jim, you know, where they kind of went into Jim's back and you saw like young yeah. Jim and young Bonifacio and like, 
I, I I loved when they did that. So I would love to see some other characters kind of like origin stories. And you see it a little bit with Blackbeard as well. You kind of see young Ed and, you know, I, I, I think that's so great. So I would love to... Because the thing about being a pirate is like, particularly the terrible pirates that they are, like, because you were kind of society's outcasts, it's like, what led you there? Like, how did you yeah. end up in this position? Because they they're essentially just like, I mean, they couldn't be more like, they're like pariahs, you know? And, and so I'd be very interested to know with the various characters, like, how did you end up here? I love stuff like that. I love Same. like an episode that dives into a character's backstory. And, and that's what, you know, Orange is the New Black became kind of known for that, right? Yeah. And I just, so I, I could I could definitely stand to see more like origin stories. Yeah, I, I yeah, I feel like that that's the perfect show for it. Mm. it it's just, that's exactly what it needs. Yeah, and uh, that episode where they do they do Jim's backstory is so good, and that little girl who plays young Jim is so sweet, and she yeah, so good, and like I just loved that episode. So I'd love to see like a similar thing with other characters as well. That'd be super yeah, fun. Yeah, I, maybe with Lucia's. Maybe, maybe I, his funeral. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you watch Below Deck? Because mm. <laughs> I was going to say, to me, it feels kind of like Below Deck, where yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. this random assortment of people, and you're kind of just like, how did you get here? And they always have some sob story where they're like, oh, I lost everything and, like, you know, got fired from my job, so I just was like, I'll go work on a boat. Yeah, totally. <laughs> to- yeah, it's like, what has led you to this? Because it's like, particularly in Below Deck, I'm always like, okay, so I guess you earn good money. Like, I guess this it is like a so- good job yeah. to have. But, like, what has led you to this where you just, like, constantly... Like, the lifestyle looks kind of miserable. Yeah, like, you those fucking cabins. A, the cabins are so <gasps> tiny. You have to be a servant to all these people yeah. who are mostly jerks. Exactly. You'll get it, By the looks of it, I'm like, you're getting, like, four hours sleep a night. Like, yeah. how are you, like... And that you can be, like, on your break or in bed and they can just wake you up and drag you out and be like, you need to get back into your yeah. full fucking full outfit. Full thing. Yeah. Like, oh, this, the, they want us to serve, you know, champagne at 2 a.m. That's yeah, what the guests want. and you just have to be like, okay. Like, I just, it's so funny. Me and my boyfriend watch a lot of Below Deck together. And whenever they, like, use, like, shit lingo and they're like, meet me on the aft deck or whatever, he's always like, do you know what that means? I'm like, you know, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Like, we just, me and Con just had it for promo for one of the conventions. They, like, did a thing where they were like, we're going to test your pirate knowledge. And, like, Hannah's, like, yeah. trying to find all of these terms. I didn't know any of them. <laughs> and we fully learned it all as well. It just, like, immediately deleted from my brain. Yeah, like, poor. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I do know. Oh, um, well, they taught us a trick. Port is left because it has four letters has in four it. Letters. Yeah, yeah, that's a one and right longer, yeah. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> the only thing I remember from that day on the ship. Everything else was just like tying knots and, oh, God. I was, yeah, so I was Below so Deck bad. was not a part of your process. <laughs> no, it <laughs> could have. I wish, because I only started watching Below Deck recently. I kind of wish I'd watched it beforehand. I might have, like, you know, I might have been able to <laughs> use a trick or two, you know, it would have been great. Yeah, I mean, you, you can learn a lot about how to be passive aggressive when you fold towels oh my gosh yeah, yeah yeah and that's very lucious to be fair yeah so, honestly you know. uh, yeah <laughs> okay i would actually love to see that crossover oh my god can you imagine <laughs> that would be my dream come true <laughs> Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. TV, I say. So what other TV are you watching right now? What am I watching right now? I mean, I really, really was truly obsessed with Girls Five Ever. I, I I came to bust down late, but that like that is the, the show that I'm just like currently absolutely obsessed with. I'm trying to think what I'm trying. I'm talking so much about American stuff. I'm trying to think of this anything yeah. out in the UK. Represent recently. for your for I know. your country. I really should. I'm so bad. Whenever I go into like development meetings <laughs> and stuff in the UK, and they're like, "What have you been watching?" I only ever say American stuff. <laughs> there must have been something really, really great in the UK that I watched recently. Oh, it's so uh, bad. I can't think of anything. I did Staff Let's Flesh. Oh, come on. It's so uh, good. Which yeah. is still on HBO Max, which you can still watch on there. Yeah, Staff Let's Flesh is great. And actually pivoting off that, I really did just love um, Ellie and Natasha, which is so Natasha who plays... Um, Oh, what is her character in Stuff Like uh, Sophie. Sophie. Um, yeah. It shows she is in a sketch duo with Ellie White and they just had like a, I think it was on the, I think it was BBC Three. They just had a sketch show. Yeah. Which I loved. I saw some of it. Yeah. And I saw some of the sketch. It's so good. It's wild. It's also like, one thing that I really love about US TV that sometimes slightly frustrates me about UK TV is like because there's just more money here and there's more stuff that gets made so there's a slightly broader spectrum like I think the US, I'm I'm always so excited by the fact that they're able to take like alternative comedy and actually like parlay it into television. And that doesn't happen. We're a bit more risk averse in the UK. Yeah. So it is very exciting with something like Stath or Ellie and Natasha. Like it's very cool to see something like genuinely strange make it like Ellie and Natasha so bizarre. And yet it made it onto British TV, which just doesn't happen. Similarly with, I have a sketch duo um, that I'm obsessed with in the UK called Lazy Susan. Um, it's Freya Parker and Celeste Ring and they just had in a similar format to Ellie and Natasha they had like a sketch um, a BBC like sketch show and I yeah. loved that it was, it's just called Lazy Susan and I adored that um, it feels nice it feels like we're in a, in the UK at least like in a bit of a renaissance of like sketch comedy yeah mm-hmm. uh, did you watch Toast of London yeah uh, you know what Toast never like it's not that I haven't watched it it's just like never really came onto my radar I get uh, recommend it a lot and I sh- is it is it really good it's really good to me it was the first first British comedy I watched where I went, oh, this is weird. Mm, yeah. <laughs> where I was like, this is kind of out there alt comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Matt Berry works with Natasha on What yeah, We Do right. in the Shadows. Uh, so I saw some of that. And I guess for me, that was my first introduction to like, oh, British people can do that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because like, it, okay, it's, it's not happened. just like, yeah, you know, I watched like the IT crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that felt a little more like the office kind of, yeah, you know, classic right. office humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Toast was the first thing where I was like, oh, yeah, these British people. <laughs> yeah, it's properly, properly weird. Yeah. And, like, and it, it felt like we maybe had m- more of that. I think it's as as we've become more obsessed. I mean, this is just TV generally with, like, making things as, like, populist as possible and having as broad an appeal as possible. 
in that you kind of lose spef spec I can never say that word specificity or whatever the fuck. Like you specific yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a hard word to say. But you kind of you can lose a lot of the nuance on the way and it can just become about making something so popular that's gonna appeal to literally everyone. And I just think if you try and appeal to everyone, you end up appealing to no one. Or at least I I mean that's my perspective, but like but then, you know, we do do popular TV really well. Like, I love Ghosts. I've still oh, never yeah. watched the American one. It's very different. Yeah. It's really different. I love the American one as its own thing. Mm-hmm. They make it kind of like an updated CBS sitcom. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, very laugh track, American humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and that's like, Ghosts is like a really good example of like a very popular, quite gentle British show that actually, I, I just think, does a really great job. Do you know what I mean? I think it's just, like, really funny, great jokes. You really care about those characters. Yeah. I just think sometimes in the UK we can slightly uh, run afoul of, like, creating kind of, like, uh, sort of, like, nothing TV. Do you know what I mean? That, that, that only happens occasionally. I don't want to get, like, blacklisted by yeah. the British <laughs> television industry. But I just, like, I really like it's, when something just has a really specific point of yeah, view. Yeah, there's a lot of navel gazy TV mm, that mm. I think it also has happened here you know just there was this time where I think the platforms were just kind of throwing money at anyone who was like this is a show about I don't know my life yeah yeah, yeah totally I mean I'm sure you've had this like where we went through that real so such a frustrating period where it was like you'd go into development rooms or whatever and they would ask you what you were working on and you essentially just had to like kind of like cut your chest open and like bleed, yeah, and bleed on the table yeah and be like, so here are the five worst things that's ever happened yeah. to me this is why I hate myself dude and like and then be like okay so should we try and make that into a half hour sitcom yeah. like it was like <laughs> and I just I really like now it feels like we're slightly coming out the other end of that and people are just craving like genuinely silly TV yeah again silly and like, things and it seems like a lot of stuff about college and high college students and high schoolers mm, is really in right now oh yeah which, right yeah. yeah I mean that's so that's so like Netflix to me like those like yeah like teeny kind of dramas I'm yeah. sure I would have loved at the time and also like Newark has the Newark, Newark has that element of like there is like a like there's like a teen cast in Newark yeah so. I mean wasn't your life basically like Skins I watched Skins growing up isn't that what all of- <laughs> yeah I lived that cool sexy lifestyle I was like Skins but chubby and like <laughs> visible weeping eczema no I you know what I I auditioned for Skins when I was like when I was like because they, they, the whole thing used to they kind of created that like en masse like um, like public open audition you know that then like Harry Potter ended up doing or whatever like Skins like yeah. I remember they would do that like in the later seasons every year they would like you could go and go to the open castings and stuff and it's so funny because I didn't even watch the show but I was like <laughs> a chance to be on TV and I me and my friend like bunked a day off school and took a train to London I don't even know how we paid for it like and uh, maybe we like didn't and uh, I waited in line for like five hours and like auditioned for skins which is like they get your group of you in a room they made us all like improvise for like 30 seconds and by the way I thought I killed it like I was like I made the whole I was the only person who made the whole room laugh like all the producers and stuff were like laughing at my jokes and I was like I know you hadn't seen the show but I would say skins isn't really uh, laughing joking tone exactly what they wanted was some like live like bored looking teens smoking a cigarette yeah and I was there like being like a wacky like you know and I was like but genuinely because I made everyone laugh I was like 
a star is born. But I was like, here we go. Like, I was like, I'm going to have to move shit. And then at the end, yeah. at the end, they, they, they read out the numbers of the people that they want to keep. And I remember my number didn't get read out. And I left the room so slowly because I was like, surely they've made a mistake. <laughs> They're going to call me back any second. I was so sure I was going to, which is so funny because Balloon Entertainment, who made, New, the production company who made New at Newark, is owned by Brian Elsley, who created Skins. Yeah. So I've told him about that since. I'm like, you know, I auditioned for your fucking show. And he was like, oh, did you? I never had anything to do with all those auditions. Yeah, so, those, yeah sorry. You know? <laughs> yeah, and you maybe would have been a better fit for like Misfits. That, yeah. That's oh funny. God, I was obsessed I was with obsessed Misfits. with Misfits. Yeah. And Nathan. Oh. That was, that was my boy. Yeah, I mean, that is that was like, Misfits was truly one of those shows. That it was like so horny that I was like, should I be allowed to watch yeah. this? Like, I was like, what were their names? Curtis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And Simon. Oh, oh my God. Kelly, Alicia, Nathan, Rudy. Oh, Rudy was later, though. Simon was like, God, oh, my God. I used to, I... I, I used to my body would like burn like you know when you would you were so young and horny and your like face would get hot yeah. when someone came on screen like that's how I oh, felt oh yeah about like him. he was very hot to me <sighs> and when he got with like Alicia and like oh. they finally let him kind of be sexy instead of a nerd oh, uh, so I think all the time about that scene I think it's in the first season when they discover that Alicia can't touch anyone because they get too horny and there's that yeah. scene where Nathan and uh, sorry um, uh, it's because the actor who plays Curtis is called Nathan um Curtis and Alicia like just jerk off like looking at each looking other looking like, at each other yeah. <gasps> I mean it's one oh, of the, that was it's so one of the hottest scenes I've ever seen oh, oh god it's gosh. so sexy so sexy and, and what a great show yeah. and, 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 and I love Lauren Soccer as well the actress who plays Kelly I think she's such a genius so good yeah. and then when uh, with the actor's name uh, Ew- Iwan Rayon Iwan, yeah, 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 yeah when yeah. he was on Game of Thrones oh. I <sighs> I was like, he's still hot. Yeah, I mean, he's... Evil and scary, but still really hot. I remember I saw him in, um, uh, like, Spring Awakening, the, like, West End production of Spring Awakening, and he was so hot. I mean, he's just hot and everything. He's just a a fucking hot dude. But yeah, God, I loved Misfits. It was such Uh, a good show. So good. It was Uh, amazing. Is there any other TV that you want to, that you're watching that you love right now that's been inspiring you? Hmm. You know what I've been going back to? Because it was like a TV show that was really formative for me as a kid. There's this British sitcom. It was like, maybe it doesn't hold up. I still think it does. Um, It was called Bottom. And it was like a studio sitcom. And it was um, Aid Edmondson and Rick Mayall, who were like a comedy duo back in the day. Rick Mayall's now passed. And I was obsessed. I think if you go and watch any performance of Rick Mayall's, it like, then I make a lot more sense. Do you know what I mean? You're like, oh yeah, yeah, you're just copying him. Um, (laughs) Like, because he's a genius. And it was just this like, a studio sitcom about these two like, best friends slash like, enemies who lived together. They were both like, and Aid Edmondson's character is like this like, misanthrope and like Rick Mayo's character is like this kind of like big bouncy kind of like bravado optimist and they just it's just like a classic like friendship sitcom yeah, they kind couple. of hate each other it's like big physical set pieces but I've been revisiting Bottom a lot recently because I just I grew up on it and I remember I had a VHS that I like wore out I rewatched it so many times and I've been going back to that show because I just think it's such like exquisite comedy writing so if you if you can find Bottom anywhere honestly I mean it's such a stupid yeah. title but I <laughs> love I mean, you're going to have to learn how to pirate TV again because HBO Max is getting rid of all of it anyway. (sighs) So I'm I'm sure you can find a way to legally get it. (laughs) Come on, HBO Max. Pull it together. Yeah, please. Guys. 
<laughs> but thank you so much for joining me today. Where can the people find you? So I am on um, Twitter and Instagram. I'm Nathan underscore Fode. Fode spelled F-O-A-D. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just around. I'm always I'm always online. I'm, yeah. very, I'm very online. And maybe or maybe not shooting for season two of Our Flag Meets Us. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. not. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for being on TV I Say today. Thanks for having me, babe. I had uh, loads of fun. Oh my gosh. Nathan and I are best friends now, obviously. Uh, Like that was the best conversation. It was so great. We got to hang out in person. Uh, Just a wonderful, lovely human being who is so funny. If you don't already follow him, please go follow Nathan on Twitter, everything, because just hilarious. Okay. Hilarious. Uh, But yeah, that is our episode. I hope it cheered you up. Hope it gave you some things to be excited to watch. Uh, On the the homework end, what I'm going to give you, uh, I I want you to go watch Mo. Watch the new season of Rami again. I'm, yes, I am in the after show. So like I'm going to tell you, I'm watching. You can see me in the after show. But that's not why. Just watch Mo. Watch Rami. Uh, we Are Lady Parts is another show you might want to check out for some guests we have coming up on the show soon. Uh, and again, I'm going to recommend Los Spookies because it's spooky season again. And people aren't talking about this new season so much. I... I think it's been really great. You know, I think the show comes out Fridays. I wish it was on Sundays with that, like, House of the Dragons bump. But, you know, don't forget about it. It's it's going to be a cult classic if nobody's watching it. And But but go watch it, and then it'll get another season, and we'll all love it forever. Obviously, uh, you got Atlanta still going. Really, you know, this last season has been pretty great. So get that one on your list. And then the usuals, Bob's Burgers, which uh, one of my favorite Bob's Burgers that I've ever seen. I always love when they let the kids just tell wild stories and they just engage in it and let the kids build their own worlds. And this was another great example of that this last week. So, you know, get into get into Bob's Burgers, the great north, all the great shows that I'm always telling you to watch all the time that you probably haven't watched yet. And if you have, then that means you need to come join our Patreon and get into the real TV stuff, because that's where we're that's where we do the old TV. So, you know, if you've if you've passed this class, I got more for you. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening this week. We'll be back next week with another episode. TV I say with Ashley Ray. Another episode, another episode of TV I Say with Ashley Ray is an Earwolf production made by me, Ashley Ray Harris. It's engineered by Marina Pais and produced by Amelia Chapelo. And our original theme song is by Rafia. You can follow me on social media at the Ashley Ray on Instagram and Twitter. Or if you have TV related requests, something you want us to talk about on the podcast, hit us up at TV I Say Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And also TV Club has merch at podswag.com. Look out for cute weed accessories. I'm talking dab pens, grinders, rolling trays. Uh, I got t-shirts so you can show everyone that you love TV Club. Uh, I got t-shirts that say justice for the big leap. Everything you need. Tell your friends about the show. Make sure to rate and review and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. For special TV club members, join my Patreon. If you want to tell me what to watch, that's the way to do it. Join the Patreon and I will write about whatever you want, talk about whatever you want. I'll watch TV with you if you want. Uh, But you can find my full archive, ad-free episodes of TV I Say over on Stitcher Premium. Use promo code TV I Say, all one word, for a one-month free trial at stitcher.com slash premium. For photos, show notes, transcripts, and more, go to earwolf.com. TV I Say.